plotting in progress. <laughs> it sounds different it. this time. I You're American this time. I went, yeah, I went for the American. Well, it, it sounded a bit more Recording American. Plotting in progress. Yeah, yeah, again, completely irrelevant to anybody listening. Yes. Uh, how are you, Sarah? I'm good. It's a beautiful sunny day. And uh, got a puppy coming tomorrow. Oh my god! I completely forgot. Yeah, your mind, your mind must be racing. It's racing, but my life is going to become very much a juggling act, even more so than it was before. But very, very excited uh, for our little girl that we're going to have. So, so old yeah. Willow. What kind it's of a dog? Labrador. Oh. It's a Labrador. So, so yes. Very so, cool. Finally get to have a girl in the household. and I've got two boys, a husband, and even the cat is a, is a boy as well. There used to be two of them. They both were boys. But, yes, yeah, nice to have a girl, girly company. I think you should get a photo of Willow and put it up on the Facebook page. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. No? What? No? No? What? No? I don't know. A bit worrying sometimes putting it out there. Always <laughs> <What is laughs> it takes it. Why is it takes it? Someone takes it. Okay, all right. All right, abandon that idea. Terrible abandon idea. that idea, okay. yes. Right. Okay, so uh, my memory is terrible these days, but I genuinely don't think I've probably watched any films or TV since we last spoke. I have watched, I guess, yeah, I've watched Hijack. So we've binged watched that Hijack, and I know that you uh, you mentioned that and you, you loved it as well. Idris Elba on a plane. And it gets hijacked, basically. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Clues in the title. Uh, <laughs> which, you know, it's a good watch. So if you've got, I think it was Apple TV Plus. So if, you, if you've if you got that, Hijack is a good TV series to watch. And then we also watched The Martian with my boys because they've not seen it before. And having been uh, to Florida recently and Kennedy Space Center, we were quite keen to see that because my son's quite keen on aerospace and engineering and all that kind of jazz now so yeah that was good matt damon in the martian always a good watch i've probably watched that now about four or five times this film it's it's always a good yeah good watch and that's about it other than the films obviously that we're going to review okay well the two movies we're going to review are the dive which is as we're speaking is in cinemas uh, a relatively small release and the oldie is braveheart starring mel gibson it is quiz time not surprisingly. Oh, it's going to be a Mel Gibson one. It is. You know what I didn't do? I didn't look up how many lethal weapons That's not... I mean, you, don't, you, don't like, you don't need to. I was going to, I was going to put okay. that in, but I thought, I thought that's too easy. Everyone knows that. Oh, uh-oh. Oh, okay. Okay, right, here we go. Let's crack on. What DreamWorks Aardman <laughs> animated movie did Mel Gibson lend his voice to in the year 2000? I want to say flushed away, but I'm not sure that's correct. Uh, or Chicken Run. You're not giving me any clues or any facial expressions. I'm going to go with Chicken Run. The answer is Chicken Mm-mm. Run. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number two. Which... Not that I'm competitive or anything. No, no, no. Which Mel Gibson <laughs> film is set during the American Revolutionary War and features him as a father seeking revenge for the murder of one of his sons? Is it The Patriot? It is. Win uh, well. Uh. Okay, another movie released in 2000, starring Mel Gibson, about a man who can hear women's thoughts. What is the title <laughs> of this romantic comedy? It's What Women Want. Oh and I think it's God. a brilliant comedy. Brilliant comedy. Should I actually, I'll probably add that to my list. <laughs> okay, three out of three. Mel Gibson co starred with Robert Downey Jr. in a movie playing a pilot set 
during the Vietnam War. Name the movie. Is this one he directed himself as well? No. There is something called Apocalypto, and I'm wondering if it's that. Um, it's not. It's no. no. Um, Robert Downey Jr., Mel Gibson. Helicopter pilots set in... No. No? No. Air America. Ah, uh, okay. I didn't watch that one. <laughs> that, I like that. That's always your answer. Well, I, did, well, I didn't watch that one, so fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Mel Gibson directed and starred in a 2006 film about the Mayan civilization's downfall. What is the title of this historical epic? What year was it, sorry? 2006. Mad Max? No, it's too late, Mad Max, The, Ma- the Mayans My- civilization. My- My- Mayan. Mayan. Yeah. Don't know. You're going to kick yourself. You Mayan said it. You said it. Oh, Apocalypto? Yes. I've, I've, see, I know that he directed that, but I don't, I've never watched it. So oh, have you never watched it? It's quite a. No. It's, it's, it's a really good movie. I mean, it's pretty brutal, but it's a. It is a very good film. Okay, well, three out of five. That's pretty That's good. You got off to a storming start. No, because one was Air America, which you didn't get, and the other was uh, Apocalypto. So three out of five. But I said it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I can't give you that. You gave me- you gave me a clue and I said it. Oh my goodness. I no, hang on, I didn't give you a clue. Four out I, of I five. didn't give you a clue. I just said you said it. I mean, that's. Four out that. of five. Wow. Okay. Four out of five. Uh, okay. So we're going to go on to Braveheart, seeing as we're yep. on the subject of Mel. Mel, blue eyes. Gorgeous yeah. blue eyes. Anyway, released in 1995. You can watch currently on Disney Plus. That's how I watched it. Uh, but you can rent and buy on most on-demand platforms. Of course, stars Mel Gibson. He directed it as well. Wasn't a director debut, which I think you thought it was last time we were on the podcast. But um, he, that was he has boy, directed wasn't that other... Like the, wasn't that like The Boy in the Striped Pajamas or something? No, the first one was the A Man Without a Face. But oh, there was there's two, other, there's two others that he did as well, but they're oh, more sort okay. of documentary kind of films really but yeah his first big film was the man without a face but going back to Braveheart yeah you got uh, Sophie Marceau it got Bren a very young Brendan Gleeson in this as well an Irish man playing a Scotsman and this really is Mel Gibson's biggest film to date really and he won five Oscars well the, the, the production team won five Oscars, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Effects and Best Makeup, all at the 1996 Academy Awards. So it's a biggie. It's a biggie and pretty much nearly swept the board, really. So that's so that's all good. This is a story of uh, 13th century Scottish hero William Wallace, warrior, fighter tried to free his country from King Edward I of England, who uh, otherwise known as Longshanks, who wants the Scottish crown. But we start the film with young William, who loses his dad for an English battle, I believe it was. Um, and at the funeral, his very young sweet girl gave him a thistle, which he kept and later hands back to the same girl, who then becomes his wife. Tragedy strikes again, and because of Edward I and his prince, uh, this enrages William even more and rallies his countrymen together to battle with the English for his uh, his country's freedom. This is one of my favourite films at, at one time. It's, it's bloody, it's torturous, it's funny in places, it's passionate, hugely passionate, in fact. 
Um, it's romantic and it's got impressive views for Fort William, Glen Nevis, Arnoch Highlands, but also it's, it's Irish country land as well that uh, is shown in the backdrops, beautiful backdrops. But I love it because um, it's about Scottish history. I wouldn't say it was 100% close to the history. I think they've twisted a few things here and there because apparently William Wallace wasn't potentially as nice as he was as, as in the film. But anyway, we, we like William Wallace in this film. And um, I'm half Scottish as well, so I'm, I'm very proud of that. Um, and that's where I'm going to hand over to you, Rob, to tell me what you thought of the film. Uh, I really liked it. I was quite surprised. I don't think I've actually sat down and watched Braveheart all the way through. Wow. Be honest, it is long in places. Well, it it is long. And I must admit, I watched it in two sittings anyway. Yeah. Which, you know, I I think that's perfectly reasonable these yeah. days. Everyone's very busy in these long films. Like I say, it's hard to squeeze them in. I think what I liked about it is that it was kind of sweeping epic, but in a way that they don't really make anymore. I, I kind of found like it was, you watched it with a real sense of nostalgia because at the time when it came out, it was known for, for the battle sequences were really quite ambitious and the whole scale of it was really ambitious. But what I liked about it was that it had a bit of everything it had the love story, and I think you may have alluded to it there. It wasn't afraid to be extreme, where it kind of didn't necessarily need to be extreme. And I think that's what works about it. And what I mean by that is the battle sequences are pretty full on, and yeah. you know, quite graphic. graphic. But I think more than that, what's more hard hitting are the scenes in the film where we see people hung or we see Wallace losing his his wife very early on to the British you know her, her she dies in a horrible way her throat is slit now you don't necessarily see it it is quite graphic and you know if you think to the films that Mel Gibson has gone on to make Apocalypto is one the film about Christ's last few days I can't remember what it's called but he's known for making quite you know he doesn't shy away from the the gruesomeness and that's what I liked about it. And, and not just, as I say, not just the violence. There was a scene where he consummates his marriage. And that's, I wasn't expecting that to be quite as graphic as it was. So, but there was that had all that violence and it was really brutal and hard hitting. It's like you said, you had the humor, you had this sense of this incredibly epic story about one man's quest. You had all these incredible, amazing, sweeping scenes that, like you say, it was filmed in Ireland, wasn't it? And the score, James Horner, obviously a bit of a legend. I'm just thinking of similar scores because it has that, not pan pipes, but you know what I mean? It has that Gaelic feel, doesn't it? And that kind of soundtrack takes you back to other films that were maybe coming around out at a similar time or come out since. And I don't think I was prepared, actually, for the final part of the film. I don't remember how Wallace, the end of the story, basically goes. Yeah, it was the same. And I was actually quite shocked. And and again, but as I say, that's what I liked about it. It didn't shy away from really showing you the brutality of war and that era. I mean, it, it, it obviously it's based on a true story, so I don't think it's a, a spoiler to say what happens to Wallace in the end. But the way in which the English use him as a symbol of don't anyone dare 
try and take on the English again, what they do with him, I'm not going to say any more, is really quite disturbing. So I think that's why I liked it. It was super disturbing in places, really brutal. You watch those bits in isolation and you get almost a completely different film to what it ends up being because Uh. he's able to round it off with this great story of friendship and love and, yeah, humour and all the rest of it. So I, I, I... was surprised I got swept up in it. I've got to be honest. And also, it kind of makes you miss the Mel Gibson of old. Yes. Doesn't it? Yes, definitely. I mean, when we were growing up, like obviously Lethal Weapon and like... Bird on a Wire. Bird on a Wire. (laughs) I mean, but he, he, you know, he was the man, wasn't he? He was that slightly... He's the prankster. He's the prankster. He's got that slightly unhinged, crazy glint in his eye. You don't know quite what he's going to do next, and uh, and you and it's and it's kind of that that works perfectly. But for this character, at least the way in which he plays the character. I mean, you you also touched on it there, and I don't know how I feel about this. That obviously it's based on William Wallace's life, but there are fabrications. Apparently, it's not even clear whether he even ever met. Robert the Bruce. And yet those two together in the film is actually quite a key part of the narrative. Uh, um, I don't know much about, you know, how much of that love story was true. But, you know, I, but you do get this, don't you? It's, it's quite common that you'll have a biopic, but uh, elements of it are kind of made up to try and make it as appealing as possible. Otherwise, it just might not be that palatable. There was also his wife, is apparently was called Marion in re- real life. But because... He didn't want it to be like Prince of Thieves, Robin Hood, Prince ah, of Thieves. So they Murren. changed it to Murren. Yeah. yeah. And apparently it was, he was only 20-something. Mel Gibson didn't really want to play William Wallace, but the production company wanted him and they wouldn't they wouldn't make the film otherwise. So I, I also, he had to do it. But he was great in it. I think he's, he's such a good actor. He really is. And I think he is a prankster. He's a comedian. He, he you know, I think people forget how they can do really serious stuff really well as well. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say, I, I really liked it. And and I hope, you know, obviously he's had some, you know, he's made some dodgy decisions about things he said in the past. And and I, I just hope there's still a big, big, fantastic movie in him before uh-huh. the end of his career because he's he's so talented. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that as well because, um, I mean, he directed Hacksaw Ridge, which was a brilliant yeah. film with Andrew Garfield. And actually I forgot about that and I've added it to my wall list because that is such a good film. But yeah, I'm hoping he directs another film. But he's had a lot of personal issues and it's been out in the press and it kind of, he went quiet for a while or he wasn't creating any movies for a while. But maybe that's why he did a lot more directing. I think he's done a lot more directing because of that potentially. But um, he is a he's a cracking actor and a and director and and the prankster that he is when he was nominated for the best picture Oscar Ron Howard was for uh, Apollo thirteen as well and he sent I think he sent some sort of video to pretend that he you know <laughs> had already won the movie, the best picture film or something like that anyway but that's just just him he's just that his personality as well. He, off screen, he's a prankster as well as being on on screen as well. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. I mean, I like him, and I want to see more from him as well. There were one thousand six hundred extras 
also in the battle scenes, which is incredible. But because a lot of it actually was filmed in Ireland as well, um, Irish Army and FCA were, were involved as, as being part of that um, that cast there, the extras. That was quite interesting. And then the fact that William Wallace is, was completely different to what Mel Gibson was as well, really. I'll tell you another thing that I found absolutely incredible is that given the Oscars that he won for this film, that he wasn't even nominated in the Best Actor category, which is just absolutely bonkers. And apparently... It's only happened a few times before where there were a best picture and best director. And, mm. you know, they had no acting nominations at all for the film, which which I, I just find crazy. How can you not even give Mel Gibson a nomination for that? For that, yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, okay, so what am I going to give it? I will give it... Mm, I'm going to give it eight and a half out of ten. Sorry, that took ages. <laughs> I had to really think there. Was it an eight or was it an eight and a half? It's an eight and a half out of ten. So I've been toying with eight and a half and nine because it it definitely, you know, it's Scottish film. One thing I haven't managed to find out is why did he choose to do this film, Mel Gibson? Well, it was apparently... Was he the writer? Was he the writer? No, no the he wasn't the writer. It's a guy called Wallace. Basically, the writer... <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it, no, I know. It's, uh, his name was... Um, I think it was Rod, Rod Wallace, I think, or something like that. Basically, the writer... And the producer came to Mel Gibson yeah. with the yeah. film. So it kind of came to him. I think he was really quite right. surprised that they had enough faith in him to actually direct it. I mean, I know he'd done some smaller films before, but obviously this was on a completely different scale. So you're going, so you're going to go nine or eight and a half? No, I'm going to go eight and a half as well, actually. Eight and so, a half. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a good film, um, a little bit long in places. It took me about probably three goes before I, I got to the end of the film, but due to busy life, lifestyle. So, so yeah, very good film and definitely highly recommend it on Disney Plus at the moment. Good stuff. Okay, so The Newbie now. So this is a film called The Dive, directed by Maximilian Erlenwein, and it stars Louise Krauss, who people may have seen from the TV series Billions and the Girlfriend Experience, and Sophie Lowe. It's very, very simple premise. We have two sisters, May, played by Louisa Krauss, and Drew, played by Sophie Lowe, who are going diving. We pick them up in a car, en route, to go for this dive in the most beautiful remote location. Apparently it was filmed in Malta, and it does feel very Mediterranean, although never does anyone say where they are, and it doesn't really matter. So they rock up, they get out the car at the top of the cliff face, go down to the water where there's a, a walkway to uh, a ladder that's clearly made so people can get into the water and they shovel their, their kind of spare gear. They've got kind of backup tanks and various things. They shove it all by the rocks, go down for a dive, and one of the sisters may get struck by a rock. We see this kind of big rock fall that occurs that, that affects everything underwater. She gets trapped 28 metres below. And obviously oxygen levels start to become an issue and it's up to the other sister to try and sort the mess out. It, it really is that simple. I saw some of the reviews to this film comparing in a way in terms of the kind of film it is to a film that we saw and we reviewed a few months back called Fall. 
and I think that's really based on the fact it's a two-hander. It's just, you know what I mean? That was two girls. In that case, they decided they want to go off climbing this massive TV mast. In this case, it's two girls who decide to go down to, you know, do this dive and, you know, something goes wrong and you don't really know how they're going to get out of it. I will say, though, before I pass over to you, Sarah, the trader for this film, I feel, set it up for something maybe that it wasn't quite uh, in terms of what you get. This is a film, by the way, that Sarah and I watched together. Um, <laughs> not surprisingly, it was one of those months where we were going to see The Equalizer 3 or this. There was no other option. And we knew this wasn't a big release, but maybe we were quite surprised when we walked into the cinema and we were literally the only people in there. At, although at one point we did see some people down in the corner of the screen, I was which, was little, which was a little I bit, was, which is okay. a little bit freaky to be quite honest. <laughs> that was the scariest. And point. why was it freaky, Rob? Why was it freaky? One, because we were on our own and two, there was like probably three or four scary movie trailers beforehand. Yeah. Uh, the last time I watched a film pretty much on my own with one other person in the room was Bones and all. I had to run out of the <laughs> There was some old guy. There was some old guy in the, in the cinema. <laughs> and when, when we started watching this, I couldn't resist. I kept telling her, I, told her, I said, oh, you see, there's an old guy. And she was like, no, no, stop. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> it was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, it was towards the end of the film. Obviously, it was all dark. Okay. We, we saw this kind of shadowy person that down in the yeah. far far left corner where one of the exits was the cinema and you could see the silhouette i found that that was the spookiest part of the entire experience for me i've got to say <laughs> well people come in to take your litter away don't they so people come in to check is everything okay in the cinema and quite often it. they do that and i think that's that was somebody that worked in the yeah. cinema I'm hoping uh, it's somebody, somebody that worked in the cinema. And yeah, originally I thought they sat down, but they didn't. I think they sat no. stood by the side and then they walked off, I think. But yes, it was a bit, a bit freaky. And then it like, was a bit freaky. Last, yeah, I think that you're right. I think the last film we watched together was probably The Fall, which is very similar. Very much um, girls go on an adrenaline adventure and get stuck. And the other one has to save the other kind of well, one, there is one other thing to say about the film actually which i mm. should say is that there is a kind of a backdrop to this the two sisters we learn very quickly they're sisters one is very grumpy well yeah she's <laughs> grumpy but she's quite withdrawn and you can tell there's some family history she clearly hasn't been with the other sister or left home at some uh. point you used to, and so they do flash back to childhood scenes whilst this film is going on. So it's kind of about their relationship and maybe what happened in the past as well. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very short film. I think it was, we were quite surprised how quickly the film was over. I couldn't really understand really how some of the rocks from a rock for about 50 metres away could manage to get to where they were either. That sort of baffled me a little bit because they had to go along this walkway for quite a while and then it was the, the drop and they were slightly beyond that drop as well. So I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I think didn't get closure on, on why the girl was withdrawn really. There was some she found her sister to be like the princess was the favorite for, for her father we presume the father had died and one of them was struggling and you, you see that the dad appear which you often get in, in movies when somebody's passing away but there was no closure why what was about her mum was there no admiration or you know there was no relationship with her mum why did she leave that kind of so i didn't get that closure i just got a bit frustrated with it all 
But there were some funny moments with just us two being in the cinema because you could just little natter a little bit because Drew, who was the youngest sister, I presumed, was so immature and she just didn't listen every time to her sister May. May told her exactly what to go and get, what to do, although there were some hiccups why she couldn't get certain things. But she just seemed so immature. She was in her 20s, but she acted like a young teen. I think my 13-year-old son would probably know what to do better than what she did. But then there was a funny moment because I'm trying to work out how on earth is she going to get her up off the rock? And then we saw this goat and we're like, oh, she's not oh, going to use goat. the goat. <laughs> yeah, this is the most bizarre thing in the world, right? So My you very see, creative mind was like, going, how is yeah, she going to use the goat? I want to talk about creative. You see this goat really early on, actually. When, when, they, when they drive and park up, they, they go past this goat. And this goat appears later in the film where, where Drew's has to come out of the water to try and get some stuff from the car, whatever it was, it was getting very desperate. And you <laughs> and they show this shot of the of the goat looking down. And Sarah's thought was she's gonna use the goats. And we started to think, are they gonna use is she going to use the goat's horns as like a way to to, to lever the rock? To help free the sister. But as soon as, like, Sarah had this thought, all I could think of, well, no, because, like, she's not going to kill the goat. And then I had this image of her suddenly appearing with a severed goat's head with two horns. (laughs) Oh, my God. Bring this rock. For a moment, you, when you said it, for a moment, I actually did think, well, maybe she is going to use the goat. Because <laughs> the way you said it, you were so sure of yourself. I actually thought, well, yeah, I suppose if you get the two horns and yeah. No, Rob, hang on. What? What? No, that, the, the film's not that twisted. So, um, yes, <laughs> there was quite a Do you a think it should have been more twisted? <laughs> it should definitely have been. I, I actually think, quite seriously... That would have made it more Well, obviously, weird. That, that particular, <laughs> if that had happened, it would have taken it to a whole different mm-hmm. place. But I actually thought what let it down was, although, you know, you're, yeah, you're kind of like, how's she going to get free? And Drew has to keep coming up to the surface and things go wrong. She can't get into the car. And then she has to, she sees this, this little kind of church or small building in the distance as she runs you there. Thought something would happen there as well. But yeah, exactly. Happened. And for We're me, giving too much away here. Oh, well, sorry, well, I know, I, know, I think it's more just the fact that not enough happens. Like I kind of mm. thought with a film set up like that, I thought that it would be more tense. I thought there'd be more thrills, but I also thought there was the opportunity given it was underwater and Mm. quite therefore quite a freaky environment that Mm. there would be a slight element of horror or, Mm. you know, if you think of the fall towards the end of the fall, it all goes quite pear shaped. And I thought that's what was going to happen in this film. I thought they were going to ramp it up and it was slowly going to start to unravel and become a bit more psychotic and strange and twisted and it didn't really do that and so that that that's that's what I came with. I thought, well, yeah, it's okay. It's a it's a it's a fairly fine watch for an hour and a half. It's just watchable. It's okay, but it didn't do anything for me to push it. Yeah, I mean, I did hold my breath a few times because we were underwater, <laughs> so um, I did that, and I did feel there was a 
few tense moments, especially when the girl was going up and she didn't decompress. So what was going to happen to her? Was she going to pass out? Was she, you know, going to be picked up by this boat? And then what was going to happen to her sister scenario? Just seemed to be nobody else around. It's literally those two with the cast and that was it. You just expected somebody else to be there or be around. Yes, uh, yes. But that or was missing the, as well. Or is the suggestion that someone else is there or something strange mm, is, is mm. happening? Anyway... I think it's perfectly watchable. Um, I don't want to put anyone off. I think it's no, it was watchable, but yeah, just a bit more suspense. I think yeah, maybe a bit more suspense, and it should have just been. I just think it should have been pushed slightly more into the that whole kind of weird goats antlers, severed goats heads, uh, and 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 horns and stuff like that. Blood we've dripping everywhere. Far too many weird movies, and, and maybe <laughs> sharks getting attracted, and you know, I don't know, something Using like that. Sharks' mouth, jaws to leverage the. There you uh, go. There you yeah, go. the rock. So, so yeah, I would. I think you summed it up perfectly. It's it's a it's a perfectly watchable film, but yeah, just not more, which is what I wanted. And I think the trailer implies it's going to give you more than it gives. So I'm going to give it six and a half. Oh, okay. I'm going to give it five and a half. Oh wow, five and a half. I don't think that's my lowest mark, but I just yeah, it just lacked a bit of something in it. Uh, I think they could have done more with it because I mean the actors, actresses that are in it were. You know, they've got some good experience and... They were perfectly fine. They could have, could have done more. One of them was... Drew was English and re- she's English in real life. And you've got um, uh, May, who's she's American, as you said, has, has been in Billions as well. But, yeah, I was just kind of expecting a bit more for them. Yeah, really, totally that's agree. all. Totally anyway, agree. for five and a half from me. Five and a half and six and a half. Okay, so looking ahead. So the new beat is a film called Past Lives, which is coming out at cinemas on September the 8th. American produced film. It's a Korean love story, I believe. It's getting very, very good reviews. And that's one of the reasons we thought we'd watch it. There's not a whole heap out at the moment over the next couple of weeks. Um, And although it comes out at cinemas at September the 8th, we don't know how long that cinema run will be, but we do know that it's going to be released on Apple TV. So by the time this podcast goes out, it might well be about to be released on Apple TV and therefore potentially other platforms. So I'll read what the blurb gives me here. So Nora and Hei Sung, two deeply connected childhood friends, are wrestled apart after Nora's family emigrates from South Korea. 20 years later, they are reunited for one fateful week as they confront notions of love and destiny. Oh, that looks good. And it's, I mean, currently five out of five on Empire. Uh, yeah. My most recent Empire. And uh, you say it's uh, scoring Eight, quite well on, yeah. on IMDb. 8.2, which for IMDb is a, is a pretty good, Very good score. score. So, yeah, as I say, hopefully you can find that if on streaming. So, yeah, looking forward to that one. And yeah. on I'm to... picking from yours, yeah, this time. That's right. And the only films that we've had, the only genres that we've had so far are adventure and drama. So you can pick a genre. Let's go for a bit of comedy, shall we? Comedy, okay. Right. Probably needs to be updated, to be fair. But I have 15 on my comedy list. Let's choose your number one. Well, it's not necessarily, this is not my number one. It just happens to be number one on the list. It's in Bruges. Okay. Yep. Um, With uh, Brendan um... Gleason and yep. Colin Farrell, a hitman comedy caper, dark comedy from 2008. So 
We have guilt stricken after a job gone wrong. Hitman Ray and his partner await orders from their ruthless boss in Bruges, Belgium, the last place in the world Ray wants to be. And of course, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson were most recently seen together, reunited actually since this film for the Banshees of Inishirin, which obviously did That's right. yeah. particularly well. So you can rent a buy at the moment, but uh, do look on your on-demand channels because you may be able to get it streaming. But uh, it's available on majority of the platforms, the lowest price being two forty nine on, strangely, on YouTube, I think it is. Yeah. I watched Braveheart on YouTube. There you go. Did you? Yes. Oh, I've not watched anything on YouTube before. Anyway, so two good films there. Looking forward to that. Bit of culture from both, I think, there. Have you been to Bruges? No, I'd like to go. It's a very nice place. They have nice chocolate here as well. They do. Nice chocolate, nice beer. Yeah. You can walk around the city. It's very great. It's all great sort of, uh, can- is it canals? Yeah. Lots of canals. It's almost like like a fairy tale mm. city. Yeah, very nice. Right, that's well, that's us done. It's uh, ooh, seven o'clock Sunday. Bit of blue sky out there, Sarah. Might go and stretch my legs. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'll be doing a lot more walking soon. You will. Doggy. Absolutely. Yeah, not yet. Four weeks time after Four this. weeks. Second jab, and then we can take it out for walks. I'm sure keeping Willow entertained at home will be, will be nice and easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got the cat as well. The cat's slightly uh, deaf What's... and slightly blind, so you... it's going to get a bit of a surprise for for the cat. How do you think that's going to go? Well, we were <laughs> we were messing around with our um, BB-8 and um, equivalent of an R2 D2 yesterday uh, that we got from Disney, and we did put the put them near the cat, and the cat was unflustered whatsoever. He just like going, well, what's that? And let's just brush them off, basically. So I think due to that, I think he may actually be all right but with the little think, girl that's come in. Do you think BB-8 is a, is a good comparison to be making versus a real-life dog. dog? I don't know. I think, so. well, it's just think something on the same size, really. That's what I was thinking. Uh, okay. It's the same size and it's moving around. Okay. Well, didn't it seemed unfa- he seemed unfazed? It like he, he was like all oh, bothered. So I, I'm hoping I will let you know next time we speak. Yeah, I, this is it. I'm looking forward to the, <laughs> the first chapter in the story of of Willow. It's going to yeah, be great. I should start adding dog movies to my my lists as well. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't start that. Oh, Marley and me. Oh, that oh, has I to be know. added. There was a period where all my girls wanted to watch was dog movies, oh. and every single one sad. There's, there's no there's no happy dog mm. movie. I'm, I'm no, but there's it. no happy Disney movie really either. Either there, somebody always dies at the start. Yeah, it's true. Okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but in an animation, that's not quite so bad. When it's an actual proper live action dog, it's it's uh, it's it's slightly more hard hitting, isn't it? Yeah, Marley and Me was very sad. It did make me cry, Marley and Me. Oh God, okay, let's not leave it on that. No, no. Jolly Note. Jolly Note, we're getting a pup tomorrow, so I'm excited. Yay! Yay! So so there you go. Anyway, we'll leave it as that. I'm off to get my roast. All right, um, then. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, cheers. Bye. Bye!